Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Playful Humans podcast. I'm your host, Mike Montague, and my guest this week is is a, a cooking coach that helps people play with their food. That can that can be a ton of fun. So that's like online cook-alongs, cooking demos, interviews with local producers in Provence, France, uh, which means that her website is myfoodinfrance.com. Go check it out if you want to learn more about French food and how to play with food. If you want to learn how to be a more playful human, go to playfulhumans.com. I did not make that very hard for you at all. Uh, but there is a new quiz up there, too. Uh, you can see how burned out you bored, uh, bored you are. Judith, welcome to the podcast. We start with the joke of the week. The joke of the week this week is brought to you by Stairs. I am not a fan of Stairs. They're always up to something. Uh, Okay. (laughs) What do you call a boy who finally stood up to the bullies at school? I don't know. What do you call a boy who finally stood up to the bullies? An ambulance. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's not a very good one. Uh, Modern (laughs) one. It was funny. Uh, All right. Uh, Judith. Tell us about playing with your food and the work you're doing, helping uh, people have fun with cooking. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Mike. It's really cool to be here. Um, Yeah, so I started this business back in not that long ago now. Actually, it's quite new because uh, after I had my second kid, I realized that I wanted to have more fun. And my job that I'm doing now does not feel like a job. It feels like fun. So this felt like the perfect place to come and talk to people about that because it's possible. I turned 40 last year and thought, right, there's more to life than sitting at my desk all day. And uh, yeah, so I created this new business where I help people have fun with food, make it, you know, save money, save time and just to have more confidence in the kitchen and to create stuff that uh, they're going to love to eat, that their family is going to love to eat, friends, everybody. I love that, the whole thing. There's already so much to unpack there. I feel like a lot of people experienced a midlife renaissance, uh, especially if you were 40 like us right during the pandemic. I think uh, that kind of spurs a lot of uh, emotions and a, a catalyst for change. But I'm interested to know more about the food side of things. Have you always been interested in food and and cooking or was this something that you discovered later? I have always loved it. Uh, There are pictures of me as a kid making mud pies in my back garden. I remember as a kid like pretending I was on TV doing cookery demos and stuff in the kitchen and talking to myself. So so yeah, it has been a thing that has been a thread all throughout my whole life. I've loved it. Um, And I always wanted to try and make a business out of it. I did have a side hustle when I used to live back in the UK. Um, I had a corporate job nine to five. And then I came home in the evening and made cupcakes and sold those on the side. So, uh, yeah. And then I had a business here where I live in France is quite rural. So I set up an online VA business. Um, when I moved here and that did really well, it was really, really successful. 
but I ended up back at a desk every day, Mike, nine to five. Yeah, right. You know, and I loved it and I was working for myself, but I just thought, you know, and I love my clients and I still have some of those clients. I'm so grateful for them. And I still run that business a little bit in the background. Um, but the food stuff is my happy place and where I can have the most fun. So, yeah. I love and relate to all of that. I think sometimes even when businesses that you like take off, sometimes it becomes too much. And that's one thing that I found in, in my life is when I'm performing too much and I'll record like two podcasts today and I hosted three game shows last night. And then if I had something again tonight, I would be exhausted. I would have had a lot of fun along the way but it's not like a sustainable amount of momentum. And I think same thing happens a lot with the office and I, I work from home here and stuff. So if I don't get out of the house, yeah. I end up, you know, like feeling claustrophobic and, and stuff and I get anxious energy or I, I start losing my mental energy as well and just start kind of go from the office to the basement and watch TV and then back to bed and then yeah, start yeah. all over again. And it doesn't feel like um, there's enough change and, and interest in there to, to keep it interesting. Like mm -hmm. you said, we, we both, you know, hopefully we're doing this for decades to come. So yeah. I think a lot of people miss that. They take one thing they like and they go to extremes and then they they lose uh, and burn out on that. So yeah. and tell I me a little bit. I, sorry. Yeah. I hope my joy in this new thing, um, I, you know, I hope I can take my time with it and it is a lot more creative and I use my hands and, you know, I'm in the kitchen, I'm not staring at a screen. So I'm, I am moving about a lot more because I totally get what you say about the anxious energy when you're just at a desk all day. So this feels different already. The fact that I'm going out to the local markets and getting nice produce and cooking in the kitchen. Yeah, it just feels, feels different. Well, that's kind of where I was going to go too with the game shows that I host. I love it because the questions are different every time and the contestants are different every time. So even yeah. if I'm kind of doing the same thing and it's a bit of a, a routine for me, every, there's enough novelty in that. And I'm moving around. I walk like two miles uh, in each show, just back and forth between the team and around wow. the, the station props and everything. So I kind of I get like what you said about the shopping and you're doing a lot of different stuff too. It's not like you're just making cupcakes now. You yeah. get to do the cooking demos. You get to do uh, record cook along videos or interview people or try new recipes. And there's a lot of built-in novelty there, right? It's so creative. Um, uh, whilst before I was sort of creating for other people, this feels really different because I'm uh, the creative juices are flowing to use a sort of foodie metaphor, um, mm -hmm. but that I can also then share that with others. Um, and like you say, there's loads of different ways that you can work with me. So I do some sort of, I do like one-to-one -one secret weapon cookery classes where I'll work with you to like make a really cool date night meal so that you can impress your other half or we'll do um, maybe make it together so that then, we go offline and you know your family walk in and you've got this beautiful meal displayed you know so there's lots of different ways that we can that I can help people create something really amazing and I love that and like you said changes every time my cookery classes I try and do so I have a foodie membership and the people who are in there we do a cookery class every month and we change it up every time so either I'll decide what we're going to make um, or they will submit recipes and say I'd love to learn how to make this particular dish and um, 
and we'll do that together. Um, so it's always changing. And that I think is so important just to keep our minds fresh and sort of keep us um, satisfied. And I don't know. Yeah. Just definitely that creative side needs to come out. So I think food is also another interesting one because there's almost an unlimited amount of skills to master. So it's not like you just, you learn baking and then you're done. You're a baker. Yeah. I mean, they're just the amount of different ways and methods and tools and all kinds of stuff that that you can yeah. figure out and learn seems to be fairly unlimited uh, is there yeah. uh something that you specialize in or one that you still want to learn what are kind of the most interesting yeah. maybe methods for you well i definitely love baking so i re- i'm a really great cook in lots of different ways but the cake side thing is my favorite so every year i'll make my nieces for their birthdays these amazing cakes like anti-gravity things and stuff coming out of them I love doing those and I get really inspired online with people's ideas it's so cool um but what stopped me actually having a physical foodie business here in France is in France they want you to have like a three-year diploma you can't just start making cupcakes and selling them you have to (laughs) learn basically everything about French patisserie So that's something that's in the back of my mind that I would still really love to do because, you know, this is why I ended up doing this business online because I wanted to share what I can do without having to go down that route. I mean, you need a massive investment of time and money to do that. And I thought, right, I can't do that yet, but it's parked for some time in the future. How cool would that be to spend three years learning every single thing that you can learn from French patisserie. I mean, just be my dream. So yeah, someday I'm going to do that. Someday. I didn't know you needed a master's degree to open a uh, restaurant in France, but pretty much. Yes. (laughs) That is interesting. And I guess we didn't talk about that part. Obviously, uh, you mentioned being from the UK. So how'd you get to France? So yeah, I was born in Belfast in Northern Ireland, which is both in Ireland and in the UK. So that we're sort of Mm -hmm. in between. Um, And we had always come on a holiday to France when I was a kid and my parents ended up retiring here. Um, And yeah, I think my sister moved here as well around 15, no, 20 years ago now. And I was the last one to come really. I just I was working, as I said, in a corporate position uh, at home and just thought, I'm going to try it. I'm going to go for a few months. And my job, they let me take a sabbatical for six months, which was amazing at the time. Uh, It was back in 2012 and they let me take, yeah, six months off. And I came and just tried it out. I thought I'm going to I'm going to go. It was so funny, Mike, because I just bought my house. I was doing all the things that you're meant to do as an adult. Like you say on your Mm -hmm. website, the whole adulting thing, you know, we're all in this, you know, rat race. We need to get a job and buy a house. And I bought my house and immediately went, I hate this and left my (laughs) job and moved to France. But yeah, I spent six months here and just thought, oh, I love it. Um, I mean, I fulfilled what I had to do. I went back after the six months, went back to my job and very, very quickly realized, no, I I want to go back. So yeah, so I I just thought I'm going to do it. And I suppose it was a little bit easier because I did have that safety net of my family here. But I just knew I would be able to find something to do. I'd be able to find some work you know, and I'd also met my now husband in that six yeah. month period. So um, he wasn't the only reason I came here, but he was a big part of it. So, yeah, we now we're still together, have two little boys together and 
Yeah, just a really nice, pretty cool story. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that story. And I, I love what you mentioned that, you know, I think so many people are like, well, what if it doesn't work or something? Well, then you just keep going. It's not like you're going to never find a job again for the rest of your life. Like, exactly. I imagine you could probably go back to the corporate world and get another nine to yeah. five office job if you ever needed to. I know. And, and thanks like, to, you know, COVID has been an awful, awful thing. Um, but the positive side of it, if we can find one, is the online world now is even mm-hmm. more. I mean, the opportunities out there for online work, it's massive. And that is why I think I've done quite a few um, podcast appearances recently. And it's been so interesting to hear what you just said there about like it can be done. And I think I want to help people realize that, yeah, I mean, I didn't probably dot all the I's and cross all the T's perfectly. I just thought I'm just going to do it and see and I'll find something and I'll be okay. You know, Uh, not all of us have the luxury of being able to do that. You know, some people have responsibilities they can't get away from, but you know, when you can, if you can take the chance and it will probably be okay. And yeah, there'll be difficulties. I mean, I have had my share of challenges these past 10 years. It'll be in December um, since I've moved here. So I've had a lot of challenges, but I've made it work. And I don't think I would be in this position now if I hadn't gone through those challenges. Yeah, I love that. It's a great message. And my favorite metaphor is that nobody gets all green lights on their yeah. their path to like their dream job or, or dream career. Like you're going to hit some red lights. So you know, might need to, you know, even find some detours and ways around, but, mm-hmm. but that's okay. I think there are a lot of options and I appreciate you sharing that message with everybody. Uh, I want to go back to the food though, uh, because I'm imagining the same thing happens with food how do you recommend people maybe start experimenting and and learning because you know it it might not turn out well uh the first time and you're not going to have all great super awesome dishes Uh, how do how do you think those maybe micro lessons apply to you know the macro version of our, our life yeah, I do think um, people can be put off by cooking if something goes wrong. It's like the first pancake always turns out rubbish and they think, <laughs> oh God, I can't make pancakes. And that is not the case. The first one's always a bit crap. So don't let it stop you. Keep going. Keep trying different things. Um, it's it's like exactly like you say, Mike, you know, if it doesn't work the first time, that's only one time. I mean, think of every day all the different things that you cook start with good ingredients if you can but I did a session in my membership last night about meal planning and we talked about tinned veg and frozen veg which a lot of us are like oh we shouldn't have that but actually it's fine it's you know full of nutrients full of good stuff it's on the it's cheaper we all need you know help at the minute so don't be afraid if you have to use tinned things go for it you know just use it try and make it work look up recipes find stuff online come and join my group there's lots of really cool stuff in there good uh, you know inspiring stuff I want to make it easy take recipes and try them and tweak them use things that you like you know every cookery class I do the recipes can be tweaked they're pretty much foolproof I think you know you I, I don't want to do anything too perfect because you know I don't teach any of that really complicated patisserie because I don't want it to be out of reach for people I want people to feel yeah. confident and that they can create a really gorgeous French apple tart and it'd be simple you know and it can look nice and rustic and you know and that's fine 
Yeah, it sounds good to me. If it sounds good to you, go to myfoodinfrance.com and and check it out. Now, I wanted to ask you, I love the high-low question. So maybe what is like the pinnacle of your cooking career? You mentioned the anti-gravity cakes and stuff. I think that's awesome. And uh, I love cake. Uh, What was maybe like a low point? Was there a disaster or something that you remember too? What's the high and the low? Oh, a disaster. Oh, there have been quite a few. Yeah. I mean, I do have some things that I really still, after so many years of cooking and practicing, still can't really do very well. So pastry is one of those things. Uh, I'm not amazing with pastry, I have to say. I've had quite a few disasters with, you know, even though I had the most wonderful, amazing grandmother who taught me from a very young age how to make pastry, have the most wonderful French mother-in-law who keeps telling me how easy it is. And I still manage to pretty much mess it up about half of the time. So do not let it stop me, Mike. Still do it. I still make it. It's cheaper than buying the ready-made stuff from the shops. Just put a bit of flour and butter together. Mine is the old like saute flip. Like I, I just, I can't commit to it. I, I can, you know, I can flip a good pancake. I always burn the last one, by the way, you mentioned pancakes. My first one's beautiful. My last one, huh. I'm eating pancakes because I want to eat them while they're warm and I burn the last one. <laughs> yeah. uh, but what about your high point? What, what do you feel like was the best thing you ever made? The best thing I ever made was, oh God, you're going to get me emotional now. Um, probably my best friend's wedding cake. Uh, my best friend, Emma, we went to primary school together. So that's, I think, you know, kindergarten, mm-hmm. I think, is that what we call it in the US? And she got married probably around 10 years ago now, actually. I should get that right. Um, and she asked me if I would make her wedding cakes, uh, her wedding cake and the brownies for all her guests. She wanted chocolate orange brownies for, I think it was 150 people. Nice. Good call. And everything turned out. It was such pressure, Mike. Like I was so scared. <laughs> Imagine making somebody's wedding cake. Um, and it was just perfect it turned out beautiful and everybody loved the brownies yeah that was a particular high point I have to say oh sweet we did cupcakes at our wedding rather than the big wedding cake and we had a place that won cupcake wars uh out in San Diego and stuff and it was amazing so good and and so much more fun I I feel like to have several different yeah you know fillings and and cakes and stuff to to choose from yeah now uh Here's the last one. What's on your fun bucket list? If if, I I guess you already mentioned like, you know, getting certified there Mm -hmm. in France, but is there anything else that would be like your dream experience or or something that you still want to do? Yeah, I mean, I would love to experience foodie culture in lots of different places. I love the idea of travel and food um, and just getting to know, getting to do cookery classes in lots of different places. I would love to do that. I've already done quite a few cookery classes back in the UK um, when I lived there, but I would love to travel more and try the food and yeah, get immersed in that all over the place yeah for sure I'd love to do that in particular where would I'd love to go in particular I'd love to spend some time in Italy actually I've been there um before and the food was as amazing as people say it is I'm a big yeah it. Italian food fan mm. for sure and I wow. wanted to ask you on not to stereotype but since you're from Ireland I feel like they have the lowest bar for food what's the best <laughs> Irish recipe 
That is terrible, Mike. You should not say that. We are so much better than people think. The foodie culture in Northern Ireland and probably in the South as well is unbelievable now. We have such amazing produce. It is literally a little island full of beautiful grass and lots of rain and really good meat and vegetables, you know, thanks to that climate. Um, and my cousin actually runs the most amazing cafe uh, called Babushka in the northeast of Northern Ireland, if you're ever home, if you're ever there. And his wow. food is unbelievable and he gets all his stuff from local producers there. So, um, yeah, if you're ever in Northern Ireland, definitely go and check that out. Um, and what would be the top Northern Irish dish? I want to say Irish stew just because it's such a classic and you cannot go wrong. You really can't. It's just gorgeous. That's one of those easy ones. Put it all in. Delicious. Uh, It's definitely soup time of year here in in America, at least. So I think that is uh, that's great. And I'm glad I gave you a chance to clear up that stereotype. I'm I'm glad that I asked. All right. Do you want to play a game? Oh, I would love to. All right. We're going to spin our wheel of games. There are 10 games that it could land on. And surprise, you got two truths and a lie. Ah. Two truths and a lie is where you say two fun facts about yourself mixed in with one lie. And then you try to guess the lie or I'll try and guess the the lie for you. Do you want to go first or second? I'll go first. All right. Let's hear them. Okay. Um... I have lived in Spain. I have seen Beyonce sing live and I've written a cookbook. Oh, man. This one seems plausible. I'm going to say you haven't written the cookbook yet. How did you guess? Yeah, it is my dream, Mike. That is the next thing on the list is to write a cookbook. I do have a little book, a little notebook thing that I've created, a little my food and friends. Oh yeah, that's awesome notebook. So I've got that. Um, but yeah, I really, really want to write a cookbook. So nice one, well done. I'm right with you on that. I, I've written other books and some ebooks and stuff, but I am working on the official like Playful Humans book uh, right wow. now. Hopefully it's coming out soon. Uh, now for me, uh, mm. I decided to go all food questions for you here. So I have eaten an entire large pizza by myself in one sitting. I have never eaten peanut butter and... Uh, I have, oh, cooked a food with methane gas off of a latrine before. Oh, my goodness. So I have to choose the lie? Yeah. Surely you've eaten peanut butter before. Yeah, there you go. Not on purpose, uh, but I have. I do not like peanut butter. I thought I might fool you there because if I was allergic or something, like maybe. Yes, I I did wonder about that. I thought, hmm, is there a reason? But oh, my goodness, you do not like peanut butter, Mike? Wow. Think no, I know anybody it's just the one thing. Butter. It's like my kryptonite and people <laughs> sneak it into other things like pastas and uh, Rice Krispie treats and things. And you're like, why? <laughs> why would you ruin that for me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we both got it, which means uh, you win. You get a free 30 second commercial here. The podcast is yours. Anything that we can do to help you or you can do to help us? Um, I will. I would just love people to come and join the group. So I have a free group over on Facebook. Book. It's called My Food in France. A bit like you, I've made it easy for everybody. My Food in France. You can find me anywhere with that hashtag or 
our uh, handle on Insta. But yeah, the free Facebook group is probably the best place to come. There's lots of stuff going on in there. Lots of chat about food and France. So come and find me in there. Sounds amazing. MyFoodInFrance.com. That's Judith Keys. And uh, until next time, if you want to learn more about Playful Humans, maybe uh, subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening or watching to it. Go to PlayfulHumans.com. Take one of our playfulness quizzes and share this episode with somebody that you think needs to hear it. Maybe somebody's been dreaming about uh, taking that cooking job or that cooking class, or um, maybe they just need more fun and inspiration. They're feeling a little burned out and bored and need some inspiration to rediscover the power of play. Appreciate you for listening. Yeah. Don't wait for tomorrow. play everybody